Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not yelling at Bud Light drinkers. Check it out. Pete Booty Judge's husband, Chasen Booty Judge making like a train and going off the rails in his bid to hit conservatives for boycotting Tranheiser Bush. You shut your mouth, you bastard. A lot of people feel that way. We're going to talk beer. We're going to talk Biden. We're going to talk Bragg's uh, very weak prosecution of Donald Trump that has even Joe Scarborough saying on the air this morning, You gotta do better than that. Real weak look out of the Manhattan District Attorney, but a man who is coming to New York to hold an open hearing into this abuse of the justice system. I am talking about House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan. He is going to join us on this show today. People are excited for this one. It's a stack deck today. Brian Brenberg is on the show. He is, of course, the co-host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business. And Emily Campagno is going to be in the house as well. Get her out. Get her out of here. A lot of tough love for Emily. She's on the outnumbered couch, but she's going to come by and talk some smack in a little bit. We have an update in regards to the Louisville shooting. Uh, Law enforcement officials addressing the public a short while ago. We will get you those details when the press conference is complete and we have accurate information to report. Uh, We are not in the business of politicizing shootings uh, and we are not in the business of, to be very honest with you, trying to leverage them in any way. One of the things that drive me crazy is that we give a lot of notoriety to these shooters. They've kind of become famous in a perverse way. I almost feel like it incentivizes the next nutbag to get out there and try to emulate something like this. So I really exercise a lot of restraint when it comes to these shootings, uh, and I hope you can appreciate that on some small scale. This is me trying to be a responsible broadcaster, mindful of the impact he has on the community. It's not a lot of us out there anymore, uh, but I'm like old school. I spent 12 hours a day listening to talk radio, whoop, and I'm uh, mindful of how it affects people. So with that being said, we move on uh, to a different type of battle. This, of course, very much the one revolving around the culture war that Bud Light waded into last week. Now, if you remember, if you're just getting up to speed, uh, Bud Light made Dylan Mulvaney a commemorative can to celebrate her one year as a woman. So congratulations, Bud Light. You're actually serving beer to a one-year-old girl. I think he's got a point. Based on your own logic. Okay, but that wasn't the issue. The issue quickly became a backlash against Bud Light, not because she was one, but because she wasn't a woman. Okay, most people know that there are vast 
biological differences between men and women. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. And no amount of, you know, trans spokesperson hiring can change that. No amount of diversity offices, cushy jobs thrown into corporations can change that. Now, that doesn't mean we hate trans people. Doesn't mean they don't have the right to exist. It is not anti-trans, the position a lot of people are taking. It is very much just pro-women. Okay, they see women getting erased. And the reaction on the left has, of course, been to oversimplify this as transphobia, as hatred, as some type of a bigotry. Democrats are so full of crap. Because this hyper-reductive framing of every issue is how... They build support. Okay, they oversimplify it. Well, are you uh, transphobic and hateful of trans people and you want them to die? Or do you still support Bud Light injecting identity politics into beer, something that exists to get us away from politics? The whole point of beer, you know, I bet you could use a cold one. Oh, it's Miller time. Not to drag you into this, Miller, but you're a fine beer. Okay, but the whole point was the escapism, was the unwind, was it's the end of the day. We're going to go put this behind us, and we're going to have a couple of cold ones. Like, if you're trying to sell people beer, I promise you, okay, when people go into the beer freezer and they look at the zillions of options they have, they don't go like, hey, Frank, do any of these have one with a guy wearing a dress? No. The only question they ask is, uh... Are any of these really cold and delicious? Correct the mundo. That's all it is. Just want a nice, cold, tasty beverage to unwind at the end of the day. But Bud Light went out and waded right into the diversity storm. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And I say it's stupid. Why? Because they're now hemorrhaging like literally tens of millions of dollars. Local distributors not making full buys. Big country stars like Travis Tritt, John Rich vowing not to serve it backstage or at their bars in John Rich's case. Obviously, you saw the Kid Rock video of him blowing up the beers. And the point is, they're not saying go kill the trans community. That's how it's being framed. What they're saying is like, hey, nobody asked for this. You're yelling at us about inclusion. You just made a move that excludes 99.5% of your clientele. Okay, the trans population has every right to exist. They are 0.5% of of the population, 0.5%. Okay, and the idea that 0.5% of the population, when you yell at us about representation and equity, 0.5% of the population are now getting the marketing endorsements that would traditionally go to 50% of the population, i.e. women, it's a little bit of a scam is what a lot of people are saying. I think he's got a point. And it feels very forced upon us. But here is Chasen Booty Judge. Now, of course, this is a sensitive issue for him because their whole existence stems from the fact that his husband was a diversity hire in the Biden administration. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. I mean, we're literally watching train after train after train fly off the tracks right now. Pete Booty Judge told uh, CNN over the weekend, well, I don't think the American people realize just how often this happens. You know, you're getting all worked up about East Palestine. I'm like, yo, you're not making this any better. No, no, you don't understand. I'm not I'm not bad at my job. This happens all the time. I think you just, you know, you're too worked up about the one crash. I mean, he's not good at this. But the point is, Chase and Booty Judge, very defensive when it comes to diversity hires. 
very defensive of the liberal lane and the culture wars, offers this hyper-reductive stupidity, his reaction to the Bud Light controversy. If you're upset about a beer company supporting civil rights, you might want to start bottling your tears. LGBTQ people drink water, too. Are you going to boycott that next? Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. I mean, more than just a bit outside. If you remember the, remember the movie Major League, Bob Euchre makes that comment in response to a pitch that misses the strike zone by about 30 feet. And in this instance, that's Chase and Booty Judge. Why? Okay. Because they are not, just to be clear, boycotting beer. Okay. They're boycotting Bud Light. Bingo. There are millions upon millions of beer options, microbrews, local breweries, IPAs, Pilsners. You have right now in this America more beer opportunities at your disposal than you ever have in the history of the country. Okay, you've never had more choice walking into a beer freezer than you do right now. That's true. That is true. So you understand this was an idiotic move by Bud Light. But un- but understand the woman, the vice president who implemented it, who ran this play, she has nothing to worry about. She just literally took $10 million off the market cap but can't lose her job because if she gets fired now, Bud Light gets called transphobic. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's the deal. She's perfect. She could tank the whole company. She'd sell two cans of Bud Light next year. They can't fire her. Because she'd go, why? Because I brought a trans person in, so now you fire me? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Straight up. Okay. But do you see where this is ridiculous? Okay, she's failing the company. She's failing the shareholders. She's failing the customers. But in the era of identity politics where you do things not because they'll work, but because we've just never done them before. Oh, it's a just because. We're just doing it just because. Okay, this ultimately diminishes the quality of the product, diminishes the net worth of the brand, diminishes the total sales for the company. But this woman can't lose her job because she just indemnified herself in the cloak of identity politics. But you understand when Chase and Booty Judge piggybacks off of this same logic, You're upset about a beer company supporting civil rights. Nobody is upset that they're supporting civil rights. Okay? You can do whatever you want in this country. No one's taking that position. No one has tweeted, a man can't go pretend to be a woman. If Dylan Mulvaney wants to pretend to be a woman, happy Halloween. Anyone who wants to do it. You're over the 18, happy Halloween. Why just have it October 31st? You know what I'm saying? We've always told those jokes. You buy the candy the day after Halloween, it's half price. Well, maybe if we just celebrated Halloween year-round, we'd have manageable candy prices half all, all year-round. Maybe we'd dilute the, the price hike a little bit around Halloween. And maybe if that's the cause here, we can get behind it. But it's Halloween. And the idea, okay, that Bud Light just dumped this into the middle of happy hour was rightfully rejected by conservatives who didn't ask for it. And the idea that they should be considered the devil now for boycotting a brand You know, after the Democrats forced Aunt Jemima to change mascots, Uncle Ben to change mascots, the Cleveland Indians, the Washington Redskins, okay, Mrs. Butterworth, all of these things protested by Democrats into fully changing their product presentation. But when Republicans do it, they're like, oh, hell no. You mean you don't support civil rights? Like, wait, what are you talking about? They said a word about civil rights, but it's a gross oversimplification. 
This is Chase and Booty Judge saying LGBTQ people, they drink water too. Are you going to boycott water next? No. Just like they're not boycotting beer now, you idiot. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, think about that. No one said, we're done with beer. They just said, nah, no Bud Light. It's funny. Over the weekend, I can tell you how passionate people are about this by the simple fact that, like, at my stand-up shows, sold-out shows, Bend and Boise, hey, girl, uh, just the mere mention, like, the crowd went bananas. It was, like, like for real. Like, I, I could have been, like, uh, I, I don't have any comparison to make, actually, in the moment. Like, you know, there are certain characters I'll bring up during my stand-up act. Like, I ran into Kamala in D.C., and everybody like, oh, boo, you know. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> You'll get a little bit of that, but it doesn't rain thunder. Like in my stand-up act, Saturday Night in Boise, I'm like, look at this gorgeous crowd just unwinding in the theater, having a couple of Bud Lights, and they <laughs> lost their minds. <laughs> You're the lowest form of life on earth. <laughs> they came right after me. You're so ugly, you can be a modern art masterpiece. Oh, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. I was like, oh, oh, wow. I wasn't even going to mention it. But it was topical. People are passionate about it because they feel betrayed. Do you understand? Bud Light isn't about a million, like literally like a million country music songs served at stadiums all over the country, bars all around the country. Okay, at one point had 50 percent of the market share in all total beer sales in this country. And one of the big reasons why, okay, is because it did have advertising that people loved. And I mean loved. There's a great commercial. It's on Twitter right now. Something Wicked tweeted it. It's of a, about a 10-year-old Bud Light commercial where there's a bunch of men dressed as women because they're trying to get free Bud Light at ladies' night. It was a massive commercial, 10-year, huge commercial, where the guys have, you know, um, very large mustaches and beers, but they're wearing blonde wigs and they're wearing dresses. And the joke is back then, Bud Light is a company acknowledging that these people who are clearly not women aren't entitled to the free beer at ladies' night. Oh, wow. Go watch the commercial, Bud Light Ladies' Night. It's a 10-year-old commercial. It's men dressed up as women, according to the company itself, not entitled to free beer on ladies' night. Because just putting on a costume doesn't make you a lady. Huh? You don't say. No, in this day and age, just putting on a costume makes you the spokesperson for all ladies. What the hell is the world coming to? Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid at Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Now that stings! 
So crack open an ice cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case. But thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Jim Jordan's coming up on the show today. Emily Campagno is going to be in the house. My man, Brian Brenberg, as well. Uh, the discussion right now very much revolving around Bud Light and this ridiculous marketing campaign. Uh, Chasing Booty Judge. So funny. Weighing in on Twitter. And this is where we started. If you're upset about a beer company supporting civil rights, you might want to start bottling your tears. LGBTQ people drink water, too. What, are you going to boycott that next? Oh, shut up, woman. Come on, man. So stupid. Uh, No one's talking about boycotting beer. Believe me, I probably need to boycott beer. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. (laughs) But that's not the conversation on the table, okay? The conversation on the table is Bud Light just dumped a whole heaping ice bucket challenge worth of identity politic beer all over its customer base, and they're done with it. They are not having it. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Now, really quickly, here is their vice president, okay? She spoke about this yesterday, about, you know, we need a way to appeal to younger drinkers. The brand was too fratty and out of touch. Here it is, clip two. What I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is what do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean. Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. What would you do with a brain if you had one? I mean, but honestly, she made a smart move because she just guaranteed herself longevity in her position. Because if she gets fired for costing them tens of millions of dollars, she'd be like, oh, that's transphobic. How dare you? Oh, just because I brought in a trans person? This is the scam. Offend the sensibilities of your customers, okay? And then, by the way, trash everything the beer stood for. Oh, it was kind of fratty. It had out-of-touch humor. Who is she? Who, who appointed her the czar of comedy? This woman doesn't know anything. I'm going to be honest with you. 99 times out of 100, if the person has pronouns in their bio, they can't even take a joke to begin with. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And she's a lousy vice president, but she's not going anywhere. We'll take your calls on this next. (laughs) 
It's the action film that identifies as number one at the box office. Sylvester Stallone is Tranbo. We can't change what we are. The woke military forced an elite commando to switch genders. I didn't want this! They took his nuts. But now he wants them back. You know where they are. Find them. Or I'll find you. Tranbo. Dustin is weird if you don't believe in who you are. Now playing in liberal theaters and coming soon to a women's swimming race near you. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. You ever wonder what I do on these long cross-country flights? <laughs> Tranbo, everybody. Uh, it's trying to keep the mood light. The country's on edge. The world's on fire. We're over here roasting radio marshmallows. 888-788-9910. Alex picks up the first stick today out in Brooklyn. What's up, Alex? Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for taking the call. By the way, you're playing the cut of Buttigieg's mm-hmm. husband where he says, Hey, are we going to boycott water? The only water that I wouldn't drink is the water by that railroad train disaster that Buttigieg <laughs> refused to go down to, that guy's husband. Are you going to boycott water? That water, was, that water was okay. Yeah. Are you going to boycott water? Yes. Water if it's traveling drink. by train under your brother's watch, yes, we're going to boycott water. That's mm, funny. Absolutely. Good clap. But you, you know what I thought? Could be I'm wrong, but I see – I think beer is more of a, a male kind of drink. Men like to drink beer. Women usually don't. Um, and so what Bud Light is doing, I guess, that they're trying to say, hey, you, you could identify as a woman and be mm-hmm. trans, mm-hmm. and we're going to make you comfortable with drinking beer, even though what you identify as isn't uh, something so – those people don't usually drink beer because women don't. But the problem is that it's a contradiction because up until now they were busy saying, hey, we got to be able to transition two-year-olds that don't want to play basketball or don't want to play men's games because they're really – a female trapped in a male's body but if that's the case then they shouldn't like beer if you're transitioning because you're trapped in a male's body then you shouldn't like men's kind of stuff i don't know all right so there's some good analysis here but the only thing i'm going to tell you is when you say women don't drink beer you clearly don't work in cable news okay because i do and i know a lot of women beer (laughs) drinkers that are like alex wow no they are passionate what i think went on because i think you're halfway there for real and I, I want to kind of piggyback off of this is and now we lost Alex. I don't know what happened there. But anyway, Alex is a great caller. We didn't like offend him or anything like that. He's like, that's it. You're canceled. No, what I think actually happened for real is I think the Bud Light VP wanted to make Bud Light. OK, knowing that sales had declined a little bit, knowing that she was. Okay, for all intents and purposes, the first female VP of the company, someone who had her pronouns in the bio, someone who was a woke executive. Everything woke turns to She wanted to make it a woke beer, thinking, well, none of the other beers have done this yet. So it's a win-win for me. One, I can't get fired because if I make Bud Light tranny fluid, as they're referring to it on the Internet, Interesting characterization, to say the least. But one, if I do this to Bud Light, okay, they can't ever fire me because I can brand them as transphobic for doing so. But two, what she was hoping is it would mobilize like a political, you know, a kind of like uh, galvanize the left to go support Bud Light, it being the first niche trans beer. And she thought that it might possibly just offset any type of backlash she got from the conservative side. Mm. Not even close. Not even a little. 
they're li- they're losing tens of millions of dollars. Okay, according to Beer Business Daily, the only numbers they'd give us, we reached out to a handful of Anheuser-Busch distributors who were spooked, most particularly in the heartland and the south, and even in their more rural areas. Translation, beer drinking country, done, done with Bud Light. That is correct. And you don't win them over now with some type of a patronizing gesture. Like, hey, if you want to freshen up the brand, I don't go get a gorgeous woman. Go get Megan Fox. Go get some celebrity. Go get something fun. But Dylan Mulvaney is forced in every sense of the word. It's not anti-trans to say this. Okay, Dylan Mulvaney's characterization of a woman is insulting to woman. It's as someone who's pretending to be a woman. They self-admit they've been a woman for 365 days, and they're out there portraying women as these bounce-around-the-house, performatively happy people that are so viscerally fake on sight, it's insulting to women to even consume it. You are correct, sir. So they are alienating women. Okay, they're certainly alienating their core base of beer drinkers who go to beer to escape politics, who go to beer to escape being lectured about diversity and inclusion. That's literally everywhere in your life right now as an American. You can't go to a ball game. You can't go anywhere. You can't get on a plane. This airline supports. Remember Chris Rock's bit? You go to Lululemon. In this store, we support gay rights and trans rights. And Chris Rock goes, yeah, I don't care about your yoga pants politics. He goes, don't yell at me about inclusion if you're going to sell $150 pants. Most of the country can't afford $150 pants. So are you actually being inclusive by doing this? The answer would be no. No. It's a way to get around their exclusionary price structure. It's like Disney World. Disney World charges you $130 to get in. So like inclusion, pronouns, yay. Okay. But 90% of the country still can't afford to go to Disney World. So are you being inclusive at that price structure? The answer would be no. They don't care about inclusion. You understand? There, a lot of corporations are trying to get out and start the virtue signaling now so they can get ahead of the shakedown that's coming from the trans, the rainbow mafia, as they're called. They have a lot of power. They show up to a corporation's doorstep, call them a bunch of transphobes, and immediately get all kinds of concessions. Money, appointments on the board, representation, spokespeople. Okay, Dylan Mulvaney is being forced on America, and people recognize it for what it is. Because in a roundabout way, what's happening with a biological male who's now endorsing women's yoga pants, oil of Olay, Bud Light, Tampax. He is endorsing Tampax. Okay, can a biological man get pregnant? The answer would be no. It's never happened in the history of the world. Okay, if a biological man is giving birth to a baby, where is it coming out of? Either way, not very pleasant. I'm not going to lie. But the fact that we are pretending. And if we are voicing any objection or pushback against what we all know to be true, we're being called murderers. We're being called transphobes. We're being accused of spreading bigotry. That's not right. Not even a little. Wally's down in St. Petersburg Beach, Florida. They drink a lot of beer down there. Wally! Well, Jimmy, my BMOR, <laughs> you are the big man on the radio, not just physically. <laughs> I'll take it, Wally. Hey, how, you're not far from Clearwater. No, not at all. Are you going to hang out with me and Kennedy in May? 
Maybe I listen. I always do this with people I like. I don't hang out with them. Oh, Wally. I wouldn't do that to you. I don't want to know know what that even means, but go ahead. Two minutes minutes on the radio is all you need. All right. Perfect. It's all I recommend. But I just want to, I actually just want to uh, welcome Dylan Mulvaney to the uh, beer transition. Mm -hmm. Miller Lite, Bud Light, light beer was always for people in transition. Oh, boy. You transition from your age of pounding whatever beer you want, and then you hit an age where you actually have to count calories. <laughs> so it's always been a beer for tra- people in transition. He's just a, a weight he's just transition. late to the party. <laughs> so it's a, it's a weight transition. Wally, is this your way of telling me I need to switch to light beer for my TV career's sake? No, I, you know... It's. I think it actually. You need to go to stronger beer. The older we get, the crazier the world gets. We need stronger beer. <laughs> Listen, I'm on, I'm on the whiskey, but I like where your head's at here. I appreciate you looking out for a brother. Good stuff, Wally. We'll do it again. There goes Wally down in St. Petersburg Beach, Florida, and he says, you know, light beer is for when you're just trying to count calories, which I get the joke. And Wally's funny. He's always silly. Uh, but if you are a Bud Light drinker, I mean, in country music, if you just went out and Googled Bud Light and lyrics, it is in everything. And what's so funny is I was driving from Bend to Boise over the weekend on Route 20. Make sure you have a full tank of gas. You're going to drive from Bend to Boise. There is no gas. <laughs> Literally not a gas station for about 150 miles. This could be a problem. Big problem. But if you're going to take the drive, yeah, make sure you have a full tank of gas. And if you actually, there's so many good country stations. Elkhorn Media owns several of them. And uh, if you're listening to these country stations, it's just randomly in my head. The Bud Light references were jumping out at me. I must have heard 15 of them over the course of that three-and-a-half-hour drive, whatever the hell it was. I was like, wow, a lot of Bud Light talk on the radio. I wonder if any of these songs are going to get rewritten. I don't know that they will. But the point is they've alienated their core consumer because their core consumer just didn't ask for this. It's not bigotry. It's not transphobia. Okay, but the woman who is the VP at Bud Light, okay, she took a position of, well, we got to get younger. I'm a businesswoman. I had this mandate. Okay, the truth is what she tried to do, it's almost too cute by half. She's like, well, we'll make Bud Light the trans beer. And all the trans beer drinkers, you know, they'll jump in. (laughs) And they'll drive up the profits. Not even close. Okay, the trans population is 0.5% of America. And if you polled everyone in America, they would say that this is all happening a little too fast. They would say you shouldn't be doing it to children. Okay, that's how most people feel. But they're getting pistol whipped into compliance by these outrage mobs that say, if you don't want give me what, what I want, you're a murderer. You're a transphobe. You're a bigot. That's how they get stuff done. That's the Democratic playbook. Transphobia is the new racism. Racism stopped working. The Democrats said it so much, people actually walk around now hoping to get called racist. It's like when Weird Al parodies one of of your songs. You're like, you know you've made it, okay, when Weird Al covers one of your songs. That's the hell how it is with racism now. Now people are like, oh, do me, do me, because you don't even have to worry about a blowback. You get called a racist. It's like hilarious in this day and age because everybody's a racist. We've lost all regard for what it means. So they needed something stronger. So they went out and they came up with transphobia. 
But why are they saying transphobia? For the same reason they said racist. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Having a grown-up talk about Bud Light. So many things going on in the world of consequence. We've devoted a day to beer, uh, but long overdue. This whole country needs a beer the way things are going. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in. Jim Jordan's coming up. Emily Campagno is going to be in the house. We're also going to hear from my main man, Brian Brenberg. But right now, we go to Lexington, Kentucky, where Bill is in the house. Yo, Bill. Jimmy Fallon, you are my hero, and I have got tickets for the Opera House. I believe it's in June to see you and Kennedy, and I cannot wait. Yo, that's a big deal. All right, I was just going to ask you if you were going to come hang out in Lexington. I'm fired up for that one, man. Um, I am too. Well, we're definitely going to hang after the show. Like, if you if you hear some of the callers, like when I was in Bend and Boise and stuff, like when I do a show, like we hang out. It's a it's a hang. So you'll you'll get a show. Uh, you'll take a beer, have a selfie, whatever the hell you're into. But uh, let's talk beer for a second. Um, uh, because Mikey tells me you have a question about other Bud Light marketing ideas. Yes. You know, all the folks that are embracing this, I got one question for you. What would happen if Bud Light put a printed an AR-15 on their Bud Light can? What do you think would happen? <laughs> Could you imagine the backlash again? They would go bananas. Now, I yep. know, I obviously, I know what you're saying because it's a you know, political position and it's divisive just the way the trans issue is. What they would, Bud Light, you know, they wouldn't do it just because the gun is more of a weapon, whereas you could shoot somebody with a gun. With Dylan Mulvaney, somebody just wants to shoot themselves. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, yeah, I get it's that. A, it's a lot. But no, you're right to make raise the question of if brands did something that was a right-wing position, they would get chased out of town in a second. And every Democrat telling you, like, oh, you can't boycott something, they boycott stuff all the time. Dude, they took the Major League All-Star game out of Georgia because Georgia wanted voter ID. And so, by the way, they took $100 million worth of money out of the second biggest black city in America, and they did so on the back of Major League Baseball, who, oh, by the way, requires ID to do anything. So at least, you know, you get it. They're full of it. So one more question. Yep. What would happen if they put Kid Rock on a Bud Light can? <laughs> well, I think it would cut down on the amount of cans Kid Rock shoots. But I'm still not even I'm still not even sure. You see, my listen, that my biggest concern for Bud Light is honestly, I don't know that they're a good enough beer to pull this off. Like I didn't drink a lot of Bud Light in my day. I was more of a Miller Light guy. Um, I didn't grow up. I drank Bud Dry when I was a little kid, but it went away. I was like the only one drinking it. But, you know, they took a real dumb position here because the girl behind this decision was like, well, the Republicans will get mad. She had to know this was coming, but just decided like the left wing cavalry would come riding in to carry the sales difference. But it's not true. They're being outgunned here like a hundred dollars to every one if they're even pulling a dollar off the trans beer drinking community. You know, in the end, I think it's absolutely foolish, ridiculous and stupid for any marketing person at any company anywhere 
you know, to start marketing towards or handling social issues. It yeah. is just ridiculous at the end of the day. It's a no win because you're going to alienate somebody. But the point of beer is to bring everyone together. Like the, the job of beer, it's beer is what you do at parties, what you do at weddings. You know what I mean? What you do at a ball game. Beer belongs to situations where we can all be together. And so the idea that they'd ostracize 99% of the population, idiotic. But, Bill, uh, when I see you, there will not be beer. You're in Kentucky, home of the Bourbon Trail. I expect to find bourbon at that bar. There will be, and I have one last thing, and I have got Give. to get back to work to pay for all this inflation. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I meet you, I would like to buy you a beer and shake your hand. Oh, this, we're going well past that. You're going to post bail for me the next morning. What are we talking sure about to, here? Go ahead. Be sure to tell us at the show where you're going to be afterward. I oh, will be there. It's a done deal. We'll talk, Bill. You're the man. Great call. I'll see you soon. There he goes. Bill wants to come hang out with your radio buddy. Now, uh, we went out Friday night in Bend, Oregon. I went out uh, with my man Bart Ferguson and Jared and the whole Barnyard Jamboree, gal by the name of Scooby, who I loved. She had a good, really, really good egg, and her husband was a delightful lad as well. And uh, we had a nice time. Saturday night, we just actually had a huge party in my green room, uh, but it was a huge green room. It was a historic theater. It was like a really cool moment for me. But if you're listening and you plan on going to any of these shows, May 6th in Reading, PA, May 20th in Clearwater, June 3rd in Davenport, Iowa, June 10th in Mesa, Arizona, June 24th in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, the show we were just alluding to. Okay, you you tell us where to go. Okay, you are the host city. Okay, we're just coming to your Olympics, doing a couple of pole vaults, running a couple laps around the track. And when we get our gold medals, we need some place to go celebrate. So you're all welcome to come in and recommend a site for the after party because there's going to be an after party. We hang out. I mean, to be honest with you, we're pretty responsible drinkers because we're there on behalf of our company and we've got to be good brand ambassadors and stuff like that. But we're absolutely dying to hang out and meet everybody. That's the whole point of me going on the road is to be with my people. The show is called Fox Across America because they wanted me out on the road, meeting the listeners, meeting the Fox fans. This is a big event for me. Uh, this is what I was kind of put on this earth to do is, uh, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, drink bourbon and beer, and, uh, you know, probably eat a little too much. That's the problem. <laughs> They're bringing back the guy who's knocking the food out of my hand again. That's the only problem with all this travel. Put that cookie down now. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Another big hour of Fox Across America coming up right now. Emily Campagno is going to be in the house. We're also going to hear from Jim Jordan, Brian Brenberg, and your fine self. 888 888- 788-9910. You can agree. You can disagree. You can be ambivalent. Doesn't matter. It's a talk show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You just get on the phone and hang out. The conversation we've been having, we got a lot of places to go yet. Okay, we've got classified documents <laughs> circulating all over the internet that are apparently highly sensitive. Biden is such a disaster. We'll get there. There's certainly the weaponization of the Justice Department at a local level here in New York against Donald Trump. Jim Jordan's going to be discussing that. And then we've got this announcement uh, of the president yesterday 
that was trashed even over at CNN. CNN is the worst. But Biden was asked if, you know, in a roundabout way, if he's going to be doing more Easter egg rolls in the future, meaning are you running again? And uh, Biden gave an answer that left even Jake Tapper at CNN wondering. Do you speak in English? You could make a lot of money. If you had a Biden to English dictionary, you really could. But right now we're trying to translate the actions of one Bud Light. They have descended into the front lines of the culture war. Their new vice president, Elisa Heinerscheid, uh, said the following uh, in regards to their decision to make Dylan Mulvaney the spokesperson for the brand. Clip one. Well, I'm a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was... This brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. <laughs> we had a mandate to boost sales. Okay, I can follow you that far down the road. You know, in the jerk, how far are you going? End of this fence. Okay, well, I can follow you to the end of this fence. But then I run into a fork in the road because you said you had a mandate to boost sales, at which point you made the spokesperson someone who represents 0.5% of the population. What the hell were you thinking? Take it this way. Imagine we were on Shark Tank, okay, and you went before the board of Shark Tank and said, okay, here's the core base for this product. I've got a revolutionary idea on how to boost sales for this product. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to take a political position that alienates 99% of this core base. You know what they'd say on Shark Tank? Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. That's exactly what they'd say. You're an idiot. Yeah, they'd probably throw that in too. This was stupid. Didn't have to happen. But again, it was not a career. It wasn't like a dumb move on behalf of Elisa Heinerscheid because she's now insulated against any blowback internally. They can't fire her. They can't say, wow, this marketing scheme sure backfired. Because in their worldview, the people who run these companies don't think plunging sales are a problem. They think it's more important to bow at the altar of inclusivity, to bend the knee in front of the rainbow mafia, as Tommy Lauren uh, frequently refers to them, and signal your obedience to that outrage mob. They see this as progress. The problem is, okay, these companies do need to turn a profit. So uh, I guess we have some issues. They have some big issues, okay? And the idea that they've just waded into the culture war as it pertains to beer, again, beer is something designed to bring people together. You think of where they serve beer, okay? Serve it at ball games, 50,000 people coming together. Serve it at weddings, everybody at a party. Serve it at bars, or a happy hour, okay? Barbecues, NASCAR races, you know, concerts. What do, what do they all have in common? Social settings where people are off the clock enjoying their good fortune in this country. Freedom! Okay, beer. 
<laughs> just go beer. Most places you drink beer, most places that you drink beer begin with the singing of the national anthem. Okay, because you're at a big event and uh, we just want to honor the country and the people in uniform securing this big event we're at tonight. You know, or you're at a backyard or whatever, a barbecue or a party. Okay, but the point is you're someplace where people are thankful, people are off the clock, and they're having a good time. This idea that you've now taken that good time and airdropped politics into the middle of that good time? This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. And nobody knows better about the power of beer to bring people together than John out in Butte, Montana. Yo, John. My man, how are you doing today? I'm good. This is, uh, I, I got to be honest, if ever there was an issue for you to call in on, though, like, you know, we have experts on crime and the economy and oil. I mean, you are the senior ambassador to beer on Fox Across America. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, how dare these people ruin my diet plan? <laughs> were, you, were you a light beer guy? No, but I loved my Budweiser. And now all of a sudden, I, you know, I see all this crap going on and I thought it was really just a huge joke. Yep. But it, to me, it's like, OK, wait a minute. You cannot be seriously looking at putting somebody on there who has a swinging baseball bat between its legs and claiming to be a woman. That's a slap in every woman's face as far as I'm concerned right there, it's, especially uh, to the women that drink Bud Light, uh-huh. Budweiser, and I know many of them. <laughs> yep. Uh, listen, no, there, there's no, there's no uh, arguing. This is a, it is an affront to women when you start making men the spokesperson you know, in roles that would traditionally go to women. But the yeah, the scam here, this is the scam, John, okay, is trans people should just have a trans category, okay? I'm a man who believes he's a woman. I'm in this trans category. I'm a woman who believes I'm a man. I'm in the trans category. The idea yeah. that they should be, you know, competing in other sports divisions and stuff, which, again, only a disadvantage to women. There's no trans woman, like a woman who dressed up as a man and started winning men's sporting events. Hasn't happened. Isn't going to happen because they have a big disadvantage. But the fact that we can't acknowledge those basic truths is why this is such a destructive path to be on. Because if you, if you just raise the obvious, as you kind of did with your baseball analogy, you know, you are – you got a good reaction out of the control room on that one. You, are, you still got it, John. You still got it. But if you raise the obvious, you know, they attack you. They say you're the bad guy. But, I, I, you know, last I checked, most people who buy a beer, Bud, Bud Light, anything in between, you're actually trying to get away from this crap. The only, i, I got to look at it from a very simple standpoint. Alcohol makes me smile. <laughs> and it makes me look better. Well, at least to myself when I look at myself in the mirror. You know, that's besides the point. But, you know, you, you, you cannot turn around and put somebody on there that prances around like a little girl. That says so many wrong things well, about Ann Howard. Yeah, well, and I don't know who the woman is that took over, but really. Ooh, creepy. Yeah, no, you're right. She's serving She's serving alcohol to a one-year-old girl. How is that okay? Not yeah, good. well, you know, apparently they, they love minors now. <laughs> All right. I'm going to run into a commercial break, but you keep swinging away out there, John. You're the man. John, I love him. But he makes a good point. You know, when you talk about the effect beer has on people, it makes you smile, you know. Beer brings people together. I mean, I you could probably argue that, you know, 
60% of the population wouldn't be on this planet right now if it wasn't for people drinking beer. You're absolutely right. So there's that. You know, but the point is they've taken one of our escapes and we have we're just we're really like out of escapes now. There's no common culture anymore. Beer, you know, sporting events were common culture, common cause, something we could all kind of dive into mindlessly, forget the politics, salute the flag, national anthem, play ball. Okay, and go drink a $22 Bud Light if you're here in New York. That's how expensive they are. It's bananas. Okay, and, you know, you could do that. You know, the movies used to give you that escape. Late night comedy used to give you that escape. Doesn't exist anymore. Does not exist anymore. You know, they a lot of these guys just don't have the ability to be funny if they're not just catering to one political sensibility. And, God, I resent that so much. I have to tell you because, like, I came up in, like, real comedy, you know, and had to be able to walk into any room, black, white, Latino, mixed, anything in between here in the city, and you just got to come in and shut it down. Like, that's the gig, you know? And uh, I resent the fact that there's so many one-note comedians getting by nowadays because you're just watching it and you're like, oh, God, we could do better than that. You guys, the, the people deserve better, I think, is the frustration you have. But when it comes to, like, female athletics and it comes to this trans agenda co-opting the rights of actual women, Title IX, remember Title IX, the monumental landmark legislation? It's now called Title Nine and a Half Inches. What the hell did you just say? But think about how unfair that is to women. Okay, if you got a daughter who's competing, trying to get a scholarship, it's competing because she wants to win. And now she's competing on a playing field that's not level. Okay, it's not okay. And it's the reason people are pushing back. They're not anti-trans. They're just pro-women. Think about a guy like Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, Leah Thomas, okay? Will Thomas as a dude, was the 432nd ranked collegiate swimmer in the country. You know how many male collegiate swimmers there were in the country? It's not like a massive number, like 100,000. It's like 432 out of like 500 or whatever the number is. It's not not a massive number. But the point is, 432 is not number one. Okay? He switched from a Speedo to a one-piece and went from 432nd ranked male swimmer to the number one female swimmer in the country. This is ridiculous. It's not only ridiculous, but it's unfair to women. Now I win a ton When 
You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Emily Campagno in studio in the next break. A lot to get to. Uh, when you talk about beer consumers, I don't think anybody has a bigger dog in this fight than Emily, who, my goodness gracious, uh, the, the women of Fox News like their beer. Uh, they, they drink it a lot more responsibly than the men do. i got to be honest. I've been to a couple of these shindigs. But they're still passionate about it, so we'll get her thoughts. But right now I wanted you to share uh, Jake Tapper's thoughts. He's over at CNN. He reacted to Joe Biden's little, if you remember, Joe Biden was at the White House Easter egg roll yesterday. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And while he was there, he spoke with Al Roker. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay. And Al Roker tried to ask him about, in a roundabout way, whether or not he'd be running in 2024. And Biden said yes, but no. It's kind of weird. Here's the clip. It is clip nine. Will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on <laughs> at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more. Maybe maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. <laughs> maybe maybe so, six. So what the hell? Are you know. are you saying that uh, you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either, so I'll, that, either, I'll either be rolling an egg or you know being the the good you know the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No, no, no. I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet what we've got here is failure to communicate because again i plan on running but i'm not ready to announce it yet but he just announced it (laughs) well i plan on running but i'm not ready to announce that i plan on running we have a president that is clearly not all there here's jake tapper's reaction clip 10 I mean, what is that? <laughs> I plan on running, but we're not going to announce it yet. So he's running. Yeah, he's running. So, uh, but, so what are we waiting for? I don't even understand. What, what is the, he's not going to announce it. He just announced it. Sure. I don't know what everybody's waiting for. I don't know what everybody's talking about. I mean, I don't well, think he has to announce until January, if you ask me. I would let the Republicans and the media, no, no offense, just focus on the debates every month coming up and every Republican trying to outmag each other until January, Trump's uh, December court date. There's lots of things that he can just he can just focus on, uh, and he's proven to be a successful first-term president by just focusing on pol- legislative politics, not campaign. But politics. why the kabuki? I mean, it is strange. Okay, strange because most people in the media feel it's being done to minimize the distance of the race he has to run. Like they benefited greatly in 2020 from the pandemic because Biden didn't run for president. The media did. Biden was home. There were more Bigfoot sightings in the summer of 2020 than there were Joe Biden sightings. If you told people you saw Biden on the campaign trail, they didn't believe you. They're like, who's this kook in the tinfoil hat? You didn't see Joe Biden. Got to leave his house. Would you stop it? But here's Corrine Jean-Pierre being asked by a media that's growing restless with their lack of access to this president. Okay, here is KJP with a straight face trying to defend the lack of press access to this president, clip 11. Is the administration trying to protect the president from our questions? Uh, please, I answer Absolutely that question. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So why is the lack of any interaction in a formal setting to have a press conference? Uh, I mean, the president takes shouted questions. I, I understand, what? John. I understand. Okay. I understand. I've yeah. dealt with this question about three times already. I understand. Mm-hmm. It is... It is 
it is uh, the job of you all to ask this question to me. Totally get that, and that's not a problem at all. Um, but certainly, uh, the president many times has has stand has stood in front of all of you, has taken questions. That has happened multiple times, many times uh, during this administration, and that will certainly continue uh, to be. When it comes to a formal press conference, I don't have anything to share it with you at this time. This is total crap. Total crap. Okay, we were supposed to have the most transparent administration in history. And what we got was an administration that thinks transparent is a man who has a baby. Okay, when Karine Jean-Pierre gets on the microphone, you understand, he takes shouted questions. Wait, what? There's no access. There's no plan to grant access because the guy's a mess. CNN just flat out said, hey, dopey, you just announced (laughs) that you're running, but claimed you weren't ready to announce it, but you announced it. And Corrine Jean-Pierre is like, go back to bed, America. The president's fine. Stop lying to us. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Rock Lobster. By the B-52. They don't play that for just anybody. But when you've got the host of the Fox News True Crime Podcast in studio, the co-host of Outnumbered, we've been talking a lot about beer. If ever there was a guest to have on, on a day when we've been debating beer. Say no more. Emily Campagno is here. The experts in the house. I mean, are you though? I mean, are you really? Yes, I am. I believe, like, I'm not even making this up, you guys. She has spent so much time in the bar across the street. Is your name on that stool? It might as well be. That's what I mean. It's it's literally like imprinted, you know, sort of like a fossilized yeah, wood. Yeah. It's my my seat that's in that seat. She has spent so much. It's like you know, like they've shaped it out. Like exactly. you could buy you could buy an imprint. Um, Emily Campagno. It's not. I'm not even kidding. The other day we were walking by the bar across the street, <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, we just got to run inside real quick." I'm like, "Dude, I can't drink. I got to do my show." She's like, "No, I'm just picking up my mail." <laughs> just, <laughs> she just lives here. Magazine subscriptions, bills. A lot of time is spent there, Emily. But it's nice to see you. Great to be seen. Um, we were talking about Bud Light. I just want to talk beer with you. I don't even want to talk politics. I've okay. talked enough politics to last a lifetime. Okay, we can get there, but it doesn't matter. But my whole point, okay, and this is not specific to Bud Light. It's specific to any brand. Is beer exists for the simple purpose that we want to cut the cord to our day, to politics, to disagreement, and just go have beer. Isn't that on the largest scale possible? The, ca- the error in calculus here by Bud Light, without even getting into po- the fact that they're into any politics at all, I consider to be the error. Of course. And it's not about alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's about beer. So if you want to have as your spokesperson someone that will set half the country to shoot your beer cans and go nuts, <laughs> don't do it on beer. Yeah. Do it on the 20-calorie you know, sort of vodka, like citrus, you know, whatever. Do it on whatever you want, but don't do it on beer. To your point, it's Thank the you. one place everyone goes to rally behind just chilling out. Yep. So if you're going to put someone's face on there to begin with, have it someone that everyone can get behind. Thank right? you. No matter what, unequivocally, whatever, you know, the gold medalist from the Paralympics, mm-hmm. my favorite athlete, Laura Webster, we've talked about her, mm-hmm. uh, Paralympian, competed twice while pregnant. I mean, that... Everyone can get behind yeah. an amazing you're, athlete. You're not going like to get that. mad at them. You know, no, there is nothing about her in any way that is controversial. She is only a unifier, and I can probably name 
hundreds of millions of, of Americans who would be the same. But unfortunately, Bud Light had to go the realm of, let's pick the one person that's going to set <laughs> half the country to light our Bud Light on fire. Now, stick with me on my logic here, okay? This can commemorate one year of womanhood. So Bud Light is giving beer to a one-year-old. <laughs> that's a felony. How is that okay? Yeah. Arrest Bud Light. That's right. How, that's how this ends. This woman, Bud Light. <laughs> this person should be in jail is what they should be in. Uh, Emily Campagno is in studio, host of the Fox True Crime Podcast. Uh, we will be probably drinking beer at the White House Correspondents' Dinner later this month. Yeah, is it will. beer? What did they serve us last? I think there was beer. They had on the table, there's champagne, and then there's right, white wine and red wine. Uh-huh. Um, I there, don't know what kind of Is there anything more fun, anything, that you've done in your career than go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner with us as Fox, as the away team with a boombox? Yes. And all those stuffy media types, it's and we rocked out. 100 million percent. We that rocked, was... just so everybody understands how hard we rock because we're the real people the reason you like us and you meet us and you hang out with us is we're just you with hair and makeup we have a makeup to you know what i mean but we went to the white house correspondence dinner and everybody else is like i am a journalist everybody's elite and stuffy and fabulous we actually brought a boombox. yeah we did and not only did we bring a boombox, but we carried it around with us from bar to bar because that's what we do like that's what anyone what any american does when they go out is like oh hey there's no music here have no, say no more we I have my a, own boombox that I carry around at all times. We bring our own party. So you guys have to picture this, though. It's the it's the White House Correspondents' Dinner. It's a red carpet. The President <laughs> of the United States walks down this carpet. Like the Gail Kings, the Oprahs of the world, the Kardashians, everyone in the world is there. We are the ones with a boombox. And we okay. shut down the lobby <laughs> of the Washington Hilton. We're playing like the Humpty Dance at like 2 in the morning while all these esteemed take-themselves-serious types are walking by. Other like, people were, were at like embassies. They were like the French embassy. And yes. you and I were like – it no. was amazing. Amazing. It we met best. so many people. That it, was awesome. That was a great night. It was the best. Um, I'll it, never forget it. I'm and very the fact honored. that we're allowed back in is a Christmas miracle. Well, I don't know so. why you keep telling everyone what we actually did. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> no, everybody loved it. They need to know this. <laughs> they need to know. We're talking about, no, we're not. We're talking about representation, okay? <laughs> we represent the average, everyday person at these events. That's what we do. We walk in with your sensibility. Where's the bar? Okay. Where, you know, where's the bar? Where's the party? Where's the fun? It was tactful. It was tasteful. We had to do live TV, so it's not like we could get drunk, well, but well, we damn sure could have a good time. And what was awesome is you guys, so we're sitting there in the, you know, sterile lobby or whatever. We're just hanging out at our little table with our, you know, drinking from the bar right there and having our little boombox. And then the party grew to like everyone joined. It's sort of like, you know, the fun boat on the river where yeah, they're yeah. like, I want to be a part of that boat. So by the end of the night, we had like, yeah, all those journalists, everyone from every other outlet, everyone from everywhere joined our party. So we yeah. basically hosted the most awesome after party. Thank Take you. that, French embassy. Thank you, French. They, not that they were having us in, but anyway, <laughs> really funny. Emily Campagno is in studio. Uh, the Fox True Crime podcast, it's downloadable, streamable. Oh. You know, you can get it anywhere you want. We've got a big episode out this week, do we not? We do. Today is in a phenomenal episode. It's Jay Dobbins. Ooh. So he was an ATF agent, storied history over 30 years, and he's the only undercover agent that infiltrated Hell's Angels. Not only uh, infiltrated, but became a patch-wearing member. Oh. One of his coolest stories was to actually get uh, initiated into the Hell's Angels. He had to murder someone. He had to murder 
arrival. So how did he do it? He staged, they call it street theater, a complete, horrible, violent murder. They went to the butcher and got a bunch of organs and blood and stood about. So it's a fascinating story. Um, a lot of sobering concepts, though, behind that. Uh, he was shot himself, actually, first week on the job and uh-huh. so much more. So it's an incredible experience, unparalleled by the man who was boots on ground, Jay Dobbins. He wrote a book, No Angel, uh, the experience of him the harrowing journey of him undercover with Hell's Angels. And for, I think, a, you know, when a lot of motorcycle clubs have been glorified in mainstream media and in Hollywood and the like. And to hear his incredibly gripping story uh, that details the highs and the lows, I mean, there's no more accurate presentation. So I would be honored if you guys would give it a listen. No, it's heavy stuff. I saw the whole story of him with the killing. It was on Nickelodeon. Uh, when I, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was traveling back on the plane. I was like, oh, wow. I kid. But no, it's epic. It's the Fox True Crime Podcast. Emily hosted. It's a lot of fun. And the kids are really into it. The kids like their true crime. Um, California, okay, a place you've spent a fair amount of time in your heyday. By the way, I met a Raiderette at my show Saturday night. No way. I, I don't know, even know her One real name. Yeah, no, but she went by Scooby, and she cheered for the Raiders at some point, and she was plastered in fun, and we went out afterwards. I meant to tell you this, but she stood up during the show, and she's like, tell Emily you met another Raiderette. Yay! Oh, yeah. And I don't doubt she was probably one of your friends because she drank like she was one of your friends. <laughs> Like I, I hung out with her, her husband, and two other listeners for about four hours, and I left without knowing the husband's name because she talked that much. Hilarious. Because she was, you know, you're my best friend. <laughs> I like listening to podcasts or your show. Like, she hammered. Aww. But Scooby, shout out to her. But uh, Cal- I bring up California, okay? There's this thing going on right now. You've probably seen a fair amount of it on the channel where, you know, everybody says Joe Biden's running again. Mm-hmm. One of the people who says he's running again is Gavin Newsom. And he's like, Biden's running again. I'm all in. I'm trying to help get him elected while he's simultaneously kind of campaigning for president. You're just giving me a 20,000 foot view here. Not that you would have any insight into this man at all. But can we take Gavin Newsom at his word when he says he's not kind of angling to run? There is no politician with a greater hubris than Gavin Newsom and having suffered under his watch as mayor uh, and then governor for so long. I, I, what I want to tell viewers is to watch out for the relationship between him and Kamala mm-hmm. because they share political donorship. They run in the same political circles. They are from the same city mm-hmm. of San Francisco, or at least on, on yeah. her part, she claims to be. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting when the crap hits the fan, essentially, when it gets down to it. For someone like him that started the first all-black women think tank of its kind, uh, that has a reparations committee, that everything he says he does is to better African Americans, for example, why then the argument would be, do you think you can do it better than an actual African American who isn't just, mm-hmm. you know, causing to, to yeah. amplify them or whatever. So keep in mind that this whole time they've sort of been frenemies. Yeah. And in 2015, they got near to both vying for a Barbara Boxer's uh, vacated Senate seat. He let her take it. You know what? I'm, I'm actually going to I'm going to head for the governorship. Uh-huh. So keep in mind what happens essentially in this sword fighting contest. Who is going to be the one that capitulates and says, oh, yep, I'll be your VP mm-hmm. because both of them don't see each other. They don't see themselves as anything less than presidential that's interesting because you're right, because if Kamala was his VP under Biden, she doesn't want to sign up to be VP under another president. That's weird. And again, every, her whole camp, that whole argument of the people uh-huh. who tick boxes only um, for this woke politics and for identity politics would say, well, he, here's another white man saying yeah. that he can do better than, than the, the Exactly. Yes, yeah, so the Democrats that have a problem on their hands. It's like they almost have to elevate Kamala. But there's no world where Gavin Newsom thinks he's intellectually beneath Kamala. Correct. And I find <laughs> yo, it. La- yo, nobody. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be her VP. 
I'd be like, oh, hell no. No, no, no. I would... I should be at the top of the ticket here. Yeah, 100%. Any, anyone could be. Um, and note that he just recently, you know, sort of guffawed at Ron DeSantis saying, why don't you try actually governing first? Why don't you try to get some experience first? And again, as a Californian, um, the only impact of Governor Newsom's policies is rot and destruction. So it's the it's an absolute riot to have this guy from California with this hubris again telling Ron DeSantis to take a page from his playbook of governing a, when he has governed that state into the ground and Kamala just frankly has zero experience whatsoever yeah. substantively yeah yeah clearly she's no, only filled the boxes the actual title it is a weekend we're talking to Emily Campagno host of the Fox News True Crime podcast and there is a lot of true crime in San Francisco right now they closed Whole Foods. Because people are getting attacked and shoplifting. It's so weird to just watch a town like seemingly quit. And it kind of breaks my heart. I'm not from there like you. Um, but I love San Francisco. It's a city I romanticized growing up. It's one of the big cities that you watch on TV and dream about. Yeah. And I hate to see it in the state of disrepair that it's in. Is there a world where a city is overwhelmingly liberal as they are? kind of unify behind the fact that this has gone beyond politics now and there's just a basic quality of life sacrifice being made and they need to maybe recalculate who they elect. Like was Chesa Boudin the beginning of that when they, you know, took back down took him down? Um it, it might have been. I think that unfortunately there the options are really minimal and it's it's sort of systemically baked into the leadership there in that city. So to your point, I mean, I don't know, like all my friends who still live there, everyone, regardless of their political persuasion, yes, they hate it. They want something to be done about whatever. But until the options is someone that comes in and says, here's what's going to happen. And they are supported by a city council. They're support- I mean, London Breed, um, you know, she's frankly sort of moderate in her policies. Yes, she has a few left, very left leaning policies. But if you look at that spectrum, if you compare her with Chisa Budin, Mayor Breed actually was trying here. So I think through the lens of that entire spectrum, there are some people there that, sure, call them Democrat, but they're not the kind of totally destructive Democrats that have been absolutely scorching cities like Portland and San Francisco. Um, But I think a, the tax base is absolutely fleeing. B, the crime, you, you, you can't take that back. So mm-hmm. before the, the tech guy got killed, well, there were a lot of other people that got killed too. Before yeah. flagship Whole Foods closed, all of Walgreens closed, leaving the elderly without the ability to pick up their prescriptions yeah. or get their vaccines that they deemed important. So the, the level of destruction, that's, that's irreversible for those lives lost, for the brain-damaged individuals like the former uh, SF Department yeah, yeah. Fire heavy. Commissioner, like mm-hmm. all that. So, you know, is it fixable? It would have to be someone would have to stand up that actually had those kinds of hardline values. With a, it's a, You can't just get a $67 million quarterback without an O-line and a D-line. Yeah, good point. The so they need more. They need, you know, well, luckily they'd probably have some salary cap space right now because enough players have left the team. Totally. But the problem is, like, this is what it always comes back to really quick, and then I would pivot out of this, is that, you know, whoever runs with, like, a, you know, pro-law enforcement, tough-on-crime, quality-of-life platform is going to be portrayed as like a white supremacist, racist, or something in between. And I'm just wondering at what point people outgrow voting based simply on that, okay? And I think that's, I guess we'll find out over time. But I just wanted to bring up one other point. You mentioned London Breed. She had my favorite excuse of people who implemented a COVID mandate and got caught. Do you remember this one? So she implemented a mask mandate for all the listeners at home on like a Friday morning. And that night was at a massive party, like a club, clubbing, no mask. And her excuse was, well, I wasn't thinking about no mandate. I was feeling the spirit. And I appreciated that. I I was like, you know what? It's complete ridiculous. It's hypocrisy. But who among us 
hasn't felt the spirit. It was like, I mean, but she owned it. She didn't try to be like, well, no, no, the mask was on. You just saw the one photo. She was like, her excuse was actually, this is my jam. (laughs) Like my jam is on. (laughs) I'm sorry, COVID. You probably can't die if you like the song enough. I believe it. I mean, regardless, the the statistics speak for themselves, and that state and that city is being absolutely gutted. And the thing is, even if you find a a conservative pocket or just people with, like, normal values, you're still under the auspice of Governor Newsom. It breaks my heart. There's no state more beautiful there, and it breaks my heart that it is, like, it has become an absolute cesspool. You almost need him to run just to get him out. You know what I'm saying? Run and lose. He's not going to win. Unless he comes back with his tail between his legs. Oh, fine. I'll stick with being governor. I mean. We got to figure out if if we could just get him out of there. I don't know how we got to do this because it's just it's the worst. And I love, as you know, like I love California. It's gorgeous. Great. It's a great state. And it's so funny, too, because I'm saying this as if New York is this halcyon, pristine (laughs) pillar of virtue. Totally. Totally. (laughs) We're like, we've chosen the two cities they made escape movies from. Kurt Russell has escaped from New York. (laughs) Escape from California. You're like, yeah, let's live in both. It'll be great. Well, we've we've Uh, learned nothing. We've learned nothing from Snake. Nashville looks pretty good, I'll say, every day when I wake up. We're heading your way, Nashville, for a meet and three. All right, Emily Campagna. Listen to the Fox News True Crime Podcast. We're back after this. (laughs) The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So much going on. Jim Jordan is coming by. Brian Brenberg is going to be in the house. We're going to have a little more you and me time before any of that happens. I'm your radio buddy. You're hanging out in the little radio treehouse we call Fox Across America. That's all this really is. Talking about stuff the adults are doing out there in the real world. While we work, try to hold our lives together. Emily Campagna made a great point about the idea of Biden not running in that nobody, and I mean nobody, in the Democratic Party wants Kamala to be on that ticket. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. But the problem, the big problem they have, is in the age of identity politics, if they just throw a black woman off the ticket, you damn well better believe They're going to lose some major league support because the Democrats are running on the opposite of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was, you know, want to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Well, this is a current Democratic Party that tells you all of your value to society is based on your skin color. And if you're not white, you are somehow diminished. You are somehow a lesser than, so you need the government to handle your business. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But think about that. That's what they've said. You're at a disadvantage. The deck is stacked. Voter ID is discriminatory because black Americans aren't capable of getting ID. Wait, what? So you're basically saying they're not capable of driving cars, boarding planes, Getting a beer, opening a bank account, buying a house, picking up tickets at the ballgame. You're talking about the soft bigotry of low expectations when you say that black people aren't capable of getting an ID. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or 
Trump and you ain't black. But that's what they've sold them. They've sold them defeatism. Barack Obama ran on yes, we can. The Democrats' whole worldview now is no, you can't. So you got to vote for us. And it puts them in a big problem when it comes to Kamala. Watch this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action for what can only be described as an embarrassment of radio riches here on Fox Across America. Jim Jordan coming by. He is the head of the House Judiciary Committee. He is investigating the investigators as it pertains to New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Brian Brenberg's the host of the Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network. He is also stopping by to throw the challenge flag at the Biden economy, which I got to be honest with you, just keeps on printing and spending money. That is financial lunacy. Really hard. You know, the conversation right now is that the economy being such a pivotal issue as it pertains to 2024, there was some hot discussion in Washington that, oh, they might... Blame somebody for the latest economic downturn. There were a lot of layoffs and, you know, inflation is just kind of holding steady in the sixes now. Debt continues to mount. The economy clearly not working for all Americans. But Biden right now internally has a choice. You either pass the buck, which is now a buck 49 because of inflation, or you just pull in Afghanistan and you try to tell people with a straight face that it's actually going well. That's what the Democrats tried last time around. The last time the economy took a turn, if you remember, they're like, oh, no, this is fine. It's a Republican talking point. The president's policies are working. You understand they're going good. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? But then they abandoned that and they said what? Well, it was Putin's price hike. You know, Putin's price hike. Putin went into Ukraine and the price of gas went up. Price of goods went up. The only problem was the price of gas and goods had been going up for 14 straight months before Putin went anywhere near Ukraine. Correct the mundo. So Biden's in a tough spot on the economy. Brenberg will explain it. He just wrapped up a town hall. He had the great Charles Payne on set with him, and they were taking questions from Fox viewers on how to navigate a pretty choppy economy. But right now we start by navigating a pretty choppy indictment of a president, an indictment that happens to be the first one handed down in the 246-year history of the country. I just wanted to play you this really quick. It's Joe Scarborough, who is no fan of Donald Trump. If you remember, they used to be good friends. Trump used to go on Joe Scarborough's show all the time. Scarborough used to hang out at Mar-a-Lago. Now, if you remember, when Trump got into politics and his star eclipsed Scarborough's, There was a calculated decision by Joe Scarborough. His ego could not handle being dwarfed as it was by the omnipotent media presence of Donald Trump. So we went from a, what if I go from liking this guy to hating this guy? Pure media strategy, 100%. Okay, you understand. This is the one thing you've got to know about Trump. I don't care if you like him. It's not my job. I'm not here to get anybody elected. Okay, but the one thing you need to know is every single person, every single person, that tells you Trump is literally Hitler. He's an unhinged lunatic. Every one of them were hanging out with Trump for a decade before they decided he was literally Hitler. That's just how white folks will do you. But seriously, if you had Donald Trump on your show, Joe Scarborough, 
did 14 years on NBC. He was on your show constantly. If Trump is literally Hitler, doesn't that kind of make you literally Goebbels? I think he's got a point. I mean, think about that. How did everybody get away with pivoting so effortlessly from Donald Trump being a member of polite society, a guy that was on The View, a guy that was always on Oprah, guy that used to go on Howard Stern when he was the king of all media. Stern's now kind of the Prince Harry of all media. A lot of whining and stuff like that. But the point is, he's an icon, one of the biggest radio careers anybody will ever have. And Trump was a regular on that show. But the egos of these fragile people did not allow for an objective take when it came to Donald Trump and his success in politics. Because at their core, they all aspire to the same type of political success. Joe Scarborough was a guy who at one point was pretending to be a Republican in Congress. Howard Stern was a guy who ran for governor right here in New York. He didn't run long. You know, if you're hoping to get steps on the Fitbit, you didn't get many, dropped out pretty quick. But the point is, there is something about Trump's success that really bothers people, but especially people sitting on the ego that big media figures have. So for Joe Scarborough to come out and say this about Aaron, uh, Aaron Bragg, <laughs> Alvin Bragg's case, believe me, this is not something, okay, that he wants to say. So he issues a caveat here. says, well, there's not a lot going on to this case. But thankfully, it still hurts Trump. Here it is, clip 34. Since Bragg came forward with charges, and I, I will say again, there, for me, there wasn't a lot of there there. I know you disagree with no, me, it's and that's a, fine. But even a though crime is a crime is a crime. there wasn't a lot of there there, in my opinion, for Americans, uh, 5% more Americans this week believe that Donald Trump should have been indicted than last week, which gets to what you always say about Chris Christie. Yeah. No indictment is good. He is right about that. People like to talk about how, oh, this indictment is going to be great for Trump. Not in the general election. Now he's right about that. Uh, The indictment doesn't help Trump across the aisle. Like if you're trying to get independent voters, if you're trying to get to peel off a few Democrats, they don't consume politics. The average voter day in and day out like a lot of you do. So they don't come at this with the perspective or the more in-depth knowledge that you might possess as an everyday active consumer of politics. The average voter just hears a guy has been indicted for a crime, and in their head, they've now branded that guy as a criminal. He knows what he's talking about. So in a lot of ways, it disqualifies him, okay, whether he gets indicted or not. We now live in America in a court of public opinion where you are guilty until proven innocent. I know that's not how the courts are supposed to work, but it's very much how the court of public opinion works. And when you're running for president, that's where you're on trial. So Scarborough knows this is a garbage charge, okay? But he also is happy it was brought because it does become an impediment to Trump's success. Now, over on CNN, John Bolton, okay, who obviously served under Trump, also brought on to CNN to be a guy who just, you know, Gives the audience the confirmation bias they want. Oh, he's going down. You got him this time. But here is Bolton leveling with the audience. I hope they were sitting down for this clip 37. Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's, it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a quick acquittal for Trump. Oh, man. Oh, man. You understand? They thought that was historic. No, Trump was going down. We got him this time. Wrong. Now, they'll benefit 
from having him under indictment. First trial, first court appearance isn't scheduled till December. Oddly enough, lined up so it'll coincide right with the beginning of the primary season. You don't say. This is politics as usual. And now we have the possibility of the grand jury in D.C. indicting him over the handling of classified documents. There's still the possibility that they indict him down in Georgia. So they want Trump running under a cloud, just the way they wanted Trump governing under a cloud. It's very hard not to see these indictments as politically motivated, if only for the fact that no one has ever been charged with these types of crimes as a president in the history of our country. And when you talk about, well, we're going to charge Trump because he had classified documents at his house, Biden had Classified documents at his office, at his garage, on the floor, next to a milk. I mean, Joe Biden was Dr. Seuss on a boat, on a goat, on a train, on a plane. You know, for real. I mean, you think about that. Okay, had him at his beach house in Rehoboth Beach. Had him in his office at the University of Pennsylvania, a school that got a $50 million donation from the Chinese Communist Party. Surely, if you donate $50 million to a school... You can't just get into an office and access documents if you want, right? I mean, come on, dude. It's crazy. But there's a two-tiered justice system. And the point of that two-tiered justice system is not to give everybody fairness. It's not to make sure we're all treated equally under the eyes of the law. The point of the two-tiered justice system is to make sure their political enemies do not succeed. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So everybody on the left is fine with Alvin Bragg's case because they don't need it to succeed in the courts. They need it to succeed in the court of public opinion. And that's why Jim Jordan, who's going to join us in the next break, is going to have an open hearing in New York next week. He wants to get to the bottom of why Alvin Bragg, a guy that has lowered 52% of violent felonies, a guy whose office has only successfully prosecuted 51% of violent crimes, at a time when felonious assaults hit 26,000 last year. 26,000 times last year in New York City, you're walking down the street, some hobbit jumps out from behind a garbage can and tackles you. Walking through Times Square with your kids, somebody picks up a brick and assaults you with it. That's going on here left and right. Murders, rapes, robberies, all that stuff. New York is San Francisco without the hills. That's what we're doing. You want to watch somebody go big potty on a sidewalk? Come on down the 7th Avenue. Yep. But Alvin Bragg and all of these dirtbags, okay, that are trying to prosecute Trump in an effort to fail up, aren't looking to protect the people. They're looking to elevate their own political stature. I've said this to you before. Said it last week when I hosted Gutfeld. Okay, the Democratic Party has a long history of people failing upward. You can suck at your job, just become a national name, and there'll be people there to support you. Pete Buttigieg was known as Pothole Pete for his inability to get the roads fixed in South Bend, Indiana, a town that has one less than one one one-hundredth the population of the United States of America. He couldn't handle the roads in South Bend, Indiana. Pete Buttigieg runs for president, becomes a national name. He is now in charge of every single road in America. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Kamala Harris ran for office, was polling behind ISIS when she dropped out. 
Okay, but she had become a national name. Biden elevated her to VP because she checked boxes. That's the problem right now with the Biden administration. They're checking boxes and people don't have paychecks to show for it. The economy's cratering. We're going to talk to Brenberg about it. But as it pertains to Alvin Bragg, he's just another guy that wants to suck at his job, but suck at it on such a national level that it leads to him getting a bigger job. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cranking up the band. You don't want to get this next guest too excited. He already thinks he can beat me in golf. You don't want to give him any crazy ideas. Uh, he is a head of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, superstar representative from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Jim Jordan back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How are you doing today? Oh, man. It's a, it's a mess. I ran into a member of the Hannity staff last night, and they gave me some good yeah. intel on your golf game. <laughs> they, uh, they, have you, they have you on record, okay? You can confirm or deny these allegations, but they have you on record as saying you like to go out golfing and just have a couple of beers and enjoy the social aspect of the game. Is that true? Yeah. Which? Yeah, but winning beats losing every time, so you got to play to win, too. Well, there's, there's um, that. So they, we will, uh, we will uh, have a nice, good good time when we play. But, well, what I'm trying to uh, ascertain but is. I usually play, I usually play mat, match play, though, so you got to win the hole. Okay. So um, I like that better because, you know, there's always a hole where you, 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 uh-huh. you take a triple on, you know, something yeah. stupid, you know, out of bounds, and then you, then you scald one, and it's all, you know. So oh. anyway. Uh, but we play holes, so yeah, but we oh. can do that. All right, well, the point is, uh, based on my intel, you are less Tiger Woods and more Tiger King, is what I was told. <laughs> that's all. That's well, all. I'm, not, I'm definitely not Tiger Woods, that's no. for sure. My game is not, no. not very good. Maybe, but, maybe uh, Tony I, I the Tiger. Play. Yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, all right, I got a lot for you. I'm going to rip through them quick. We'll sing the hits. Uh, sure. First of all, there's a report out right now that the Biden administration knew about the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if you've seen much of that because it just came out. We're reporting it as of a few minutes ago. Yeah, just, but does it surprise yeah, just, you to hear that? No, it doesn't surprise me because, remember, when it came to uh, Joe Biden and his classified documents issue, mm-hmm. there was a, quote, shared understanding, not my words, the Washington Post uh, words, a shared understanding between the Biden and the DOJ on how they would handle things, how they would keep them quiet. So uh, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. I have not been able to dig into it. I've, I've seen a few reports and read a little bit earlier today. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, and and it it really like overlaps with a lot of this other two tiered stuff we've seen, especially as it pertains to, say, oh, Christopher Ray going after the Catholics. I know you guys are looking into that. You know, it kind of seems like the refs aren't really, you know, it almost seems like the refs bet the game. Does that analogy make sense? Well, yeah, or what we, you know, you got homers for, for refs, it seems like. Uh, but, but yeah, that's definitely the case. Remember, in the last month, in the last month, we learned the FTC sent several letters to a private company. In some of those letters, they asked specifically, who are the journalists you're talking to? Named four journalists personally. Two of those four journalists testified in front of our committee while they were testifying. Democrat members of Congress asked them, who are your sources? And while they were getting asked that question, the direct attack on the First Amendment, the IRS was knocking on one of their doors. Just by chance, not you know, just coincidence. Uh, talk about intimidation. And then we learn, then we learn the Richmond field office of the FBI put out a memorandum signed off by the chief 
counsel there at Richmond, the division's counsel, the top lawyer there, that said it's okay for them to go into Catholic churches and develop sources, to develop informants within the parish, within the church, to rat on or spy on or whatever they're doing to fellow parishioners. I mean, that is that's what's going on. So, yeah, it sure does seem like the, the field is a little skewed and the ref's calling them one way. That is crazy. We're talking to Representative Jim Jordan, a great state of Ohio. A lot of, I mean, really, because even when it gets down to the Trump indictment and Alvin Bragg, and I know you guys are coming here next week, it is yeah. so fascinating. If you're a New York man, as you know, I mean, New York is a mess. It's Gotham City before Batman comes, but Batman's not vaccinated, so they won't let him come. I mean, it's crazy, okay? <laughs> but understand, yeah. when you talk about the problems we have with violent crime, like felonious assaults in New York, we had 26,000 of them last year. That's 26,000 times. Some was randomly, violently attacked walking down the street, just living their life in New York, and they're going after this Trump thing. Now, you know, based on every level of analysis, whether it was from the pro-Trump side of the aisle, the anti-Trump side of the aisle, there's nobody saying this is a legitimate indictment with any teeth. So why is this – why did it come to pass, in your opinion? All politics. You're exactly right. Even Andy McCabe. Andy McCabe. Certainly no friend of President Trump, certainly no friend of Republicans. Even Andy Cave, McCabe said last week when, when Alvin Bragg uh, you know, rolled out the indictment, he said, well, not too impressive. I mean, so when you have people like that saying that this is nothing there, they understand when Michael Cohen is your star witness, the guy who lied six times in front of Congress, when he's your star witness, you don't have a case. Yep. This is all political, and everyone understands it for, for what it is. But, but the real concern is while he's doing this political operation, going after the leading candidate in every single poll, while he's doing that, you have all the violent crime happening to families and business owners and in and, and the communities there in uh, in New York. Yeah, it's crazy. We're talking to Representative Jim Jordan really quick. we got a minute. I know you got work to do. Um, has Russell found a beer to replace Bud Light? I know he's a big beer drinker. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was a Bud Light guy, thank goodness. Oh, uh, lucky for them. But that is going to really hurt their business. I mean, that is just like, what a— Yep. Great point. I just don't get it. I don't get these lefties and uh, the wokeness and all this. It's just like remember who your customers are. Remember who your team is, and it is certainly not what that advertisement. Was no, about. That I mean, and the campaign was all about. No, and to be clear, beer is where you go to get away from this stuff. You don't go to beer for <laughs> politics. You go to beer because you're done with politics. You want to watch the game of the concert, right? You want a brat, you want a beer, you want to see some good plays in the field, you want to see some doubles, a few home runs. That's what you want at the but you don't want that kind of ad laying on the big screen while yeah. you're watching a baseball game Agreed. or however they're gonna do it. A hundred percent. But now that I know you want to see some good plays, you might want to turn off the Reds, put on the Yankees, okay? There yeah, you go. I hear Jim, you. They'll, I hear you. They'll turn it around. They're four and five. We'll talk, but thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate right, you. Thanks, Jim. You're the Take best, care, Jim. Buddy. There he goes, the great Jim Jordan. Throwing the challenge flag. And not only the Alvin, Alvin Bragg indictment, but the Christopher Ray spying. It's all garbage, man. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You're just tuning into the show because you were watching a town hall on Fox Business. I'm sorry. No, it was good. It was great. Uh, Charles Payne was on set. The cast of The Big Money Show was on set. Joining us now, uh, one of the co-hosts, the lovely and talented Brian Brenberg. Hey, man. So can I tell you one thing that came up in that town hall? Mm-hmm. You might have missed this. We had Kevin O'Leary on. Oh, okay. And and on the show, he broke that his next big project is he's going to build the first 
significant oil refinery in the United States since the late 1970s. He broke it on our show. Really? Yes. That's big news. It's huge. I mean, this is like a $14, $15 billion investment. And we, yes. And so he's, he's you know, like, I mean, he's kind of, you know, he's playing it smart, but he's trying to figure out who's going to give him a permit to do this. But he's also kind of acknowledging that there's no way to, it's a smart move because there's no way to do this without oil. Like any, people are exactly. lying when they say we're going to go at this without oil. We're no, well, he's, he's saying the administration's got it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. We're going to need way more fossil fuel energy than and any of these guys think. So that's where I'm going to invest my money. Good for him. It was a, it's a huge deal. And I mean, it's like the kind of thing you need because there's no way Republican legislation is going to get through yeah. the House and the Senate on H.R. 1. Uh-huh. So somebody like him who just says, you know what, I'm I'm this is like my last big thing and I'm, I'm just going to go for it. it. Yeah. Good for him. Game in the market. No, I, lo- I think this is great. Is he going to open up a VCR factory, too? <laughs> <laughs> I got this thing called beta. You guys are going to love it. No, it's right. It's, it's actually forward thinking. You know what? I applaud this because in business, this is why I love business TV for real, because you have to have an honest conversation because yeah. there's a bottom line and you've got to be honest about the market. You've got to be honest about the state of the world. Right. You know, on the political side, you could say, screw the fossil fuels. Right. But in business, you can't because we need them. Well, and, and what's going to be fascinating about this, whether he succeeds or not, is if he actually tries Every step of the way, we're going to find out just how dead set the bureaucracy is against this. Yes. It's going to, it's, it's going to be a little bit like the Twitter files in a way. Yeah. He's going to apply for this stuff, and you know he's not going to be quiet about it. So we're no. going to find out, oh, you thought, it was, you thought Biden was this much against fossil fuels? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> it's way over here, right? Wow. So it, win, lose, or draw, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, just, just to mail in the application, they're going to want to conduct an environmental study. <laughs> They're like, actually, right now we're doing a review on stamps and the environmental impact they'll have. So Exactly. Yeah, the level of obstruction that's about to go down. Oh, my gosh. Brian Brenberg's in studio. I think the big question uh, for all of our listeners is, what did you add to the baseball card wall this week? Oh, yeah. So, well, it's just, what is it? What is today, Tuesday? So yesterday we put a Randy Johnson card the up big there. The 1990 upper deck. Yeah, everybody on the rest of the board struck out when he went <laughs> up there. Um, but we got – actually, it's missing one piece. So there's going to be a second piece to Randy Johnson. What is uh, it, a half a seagull? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie called pigeon. No, uh, there's a, there's a certain Philadelphia Philly who had an interesting encounter with Ooh, Johnson. If you remember that, Daddy, I think it, was a, oh. it must have been an All Star game. Um, Ooh. Well, if so. Mm-hmm. John Cruck yeah. will make an appearance up there. A funny at bat where he wouldn't like dig into the batter's box. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which is funny because John Cruck was no stranger to digging in, if right. you know what I mean. <laughs> he was. Uh, uh. So we got to get him up there. And we added, uh, this is not a real, obviously, but I've got a replica 52 mantle oh, that went up today. Do. Just So everybody else on the cardboard glory wall knows who's the boss, yeah, who the yeah. king of this thing is. We put that uh, the replica Mick, up there the guy, today. The commerce We got some great ones on the way, some kind of uh, deep cuts for this week. I'm hoping to ride. So wow, I should love be this. fun, yeah. Brian Brumberg is in studio, co-host of the Big Money Show. Uh, you know, we laugh about this, but you know, when he got his office here at Fox, you know, he's a big swanky TV host now. He makes us call him Mr. Brenberg. That's right. There's no eye contact in studio. It's actually a hard way to interview somebody. I have to look at my staff the whole time. <laughs> no look passes. Yeah, no, a lot of no look passes. But he had started this baseball card wall, and uh, I can't support anything uh, strong stronger than than this, or more strongly. I'm at a loss for words. That's how much it means to me because I think like baseball cards, and I'm going to go there for a second. It's like beer. Okay, we've been talking about this Bud Light thing. I think there are certain bastions. Like we talked about this when you were on Gutfeld last week, yeah. that are just supposed to be off limits. Yeah, yeah the point. I, I think your line it was such a great line as you said. Beer is not for activism; it's for what did you say? Inactivism. It's inactivism. The and point it, <laughs> of beer is don't do anything. Thank you. So the point we were trying to make to Bud Light, 
okay, is not that they took a left-wing political position. It's that they took any, any political position. position. That's the problem. You don't need one. No. You know, you know the song Centerfield put me in, Coach? When it comes to <laughs> politics, don't put me in, Coach. Take me out. Leave <laughs> me on the bench. I don't want to do this, okay? And that's the one thing they did wrong, is you don't even have to get into the ideology. It was just wrong because beer – is served where places we get together yeah. as as in mass That's okay right. ball games NASCAR races concerts okay I mean if you went to the Levittown school district homeroom <laughs> but the point <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> you know you grew up in Levittown like me you know <laughs> behind the gym before a high school basketball game but the point <laughs> is beer is where we got together yeah so this is what they did wrong but really quick because I do think the woman who came up with this idea in terms of self preservation brand foolish because they're going to lose money. But I think from a career standpoint, she actually she's bulletproof in the sense that they can't fire her for this, even if she tanks the stock and the company, because then they look transphobic. No, this was such a on a personal level for Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Huge win. Yep. Bud Light can't do any. Bud can't do anything. And and there are just uh, how many brands out there right now Mm -hmm. saying we've got to get this person into our shop. Forget about how good her work is. Mm -hmm. It's just her. She is the Bud Light person. Yep. Right. And everybody's going to want all those sort of woke brands are going to want that. Yeah, so she'll make money off woke brands that will ultimately tank. But right. that, that ain't her problem. But she'll get a paycheck on the way problem. up. That's the thing. She always gets the paycheck. Yeah. Nobody else does. That's how the woke That's how woke network marketing right. works. You get three failed companies who get three failed companies. It's called Shamway. <laughs> First there was Amway. Now there's Shamway. And she's going to bankrupt iconic brands and make a lot of money on the way oh, down. Come on. Oh, Brenberg, it's no no way to live, but I, I I am with you 100%. Beer is supposed to be off limits. It drives me crazy as an American, so I hope they learn. I hope maybe some other beer brands at least learn the lesson. Yeah. Okay, because people aren't going to boycott beer, but they might boycott Bud Light. And you can't tell me, okay, because the left, you know, it's kind of a point of contention earlier on the show. So the left's like, oh, look at these conservatives. They're little boycotts. Yo, the left made Major League Baseball boycott the state of right. Georgia. Right. They took $100 million worth of an all-star game to Denver. Screwed over every business in Georgia. Never mind, you know, supporting supporting minorities. Yeah. Do you remember what they did to Goya during the summer of 2020 <laughs> where the CEO was like, I migrated to this country. It's been great to my family. They were like, screw you. Never no more Goya beans. <laughs> it was amazing. Ban the beans. It was so dumb. And the point is, even like, I'll give you Goya. Just go make your food. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't need politics. And Goya didn't. To, to their credit, they said, I don't want to do politics. Yeah. I just want to do America's a good place. Can't uh, we all get along? Yeah. And they were like, no. You know? Well, to your original point, I am glad to say, as far as I know right now, I haven't seen any woke invade Tops baseball cards. Oh, now, I can't not. promise, I, I, but I, I think it hasn't gotten there quite yet. The Dylan Mulvaney Yankee card. Is <laughs> it coming? <laughs> don't do it to us. Don't do it to us, MLB. But you don't know. I bring up baseball, though, also, because uh, the DNC just announced the 2024 convention is going to be in Chicago. Now, there is some good Cubs baseball and some good old-style beer out there. Yeah. Uh, is there a part of you uh, that hopes to do some business television from Chicago? Well, I'll I tell you this. Okay, so one, I think almost, I think 
think it was today, Walmart said they're closing like three or four stores in, Chicago? in the Chicago area. Oh, wow. So is going in, Walmart's coming out. But, you know, like the, what do they call it? The million dollar mile, the yeah, miracle yeah. mile. They've yeah, got yeah. like the, the, the vacancy, the vacancy rate's like 30 or 40%. So maybe they can get like all the people who go to the DNC, they can just set up shop in these storefronts. <laughs> Instead of Radio Row. So yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Instead of Radio Row, it'll be called Nike Town. Because we'll just be in an abandoned Nike store. This is so funny to me because obviously the point is to go to Chicago and say, look, it's great. Progressive policies work. I, I don't know how nobody there figured out this is not going to work. Something yeah. is going to go disastrously wrong. <laughs> the, uh, the cruise industry is having their annual convention right outside Nova Scotia right. where the Titanic sunk <laughs> to bring attention to how well things go. I mean, go. I'm not wishing that on Chicago. I know. But I'm not. just telling you, your odds of success here are pretty low. It's a weird move. You want to know why I think it's going on? Uh, so, like, you know, you're playing the game Risk, the board game Risk. Yeah. It's kind of a counter because the Republicans are in Wisconsin, which is like 20 minutes away. Right. Do you know, like, from Wrigley Field, to Lambeau Fields, like 109 miles. Wow. It's close. Wow. So I guess whatever goodwill spills out of the Republican convention in Chicago, they're hoping to like run up against it. You <laughs> I, dig? I, I don't get it. A lot of blocks. It's a game of checkers. I don't get I it. I just think it's, what this could end up being is they're going to hold their convention in Chicago. God forbid something's going to go really bad, and that's going to be the end of like every other – the Republican candidate is going to say like, – See, see what happened over see, there? I have nothing else to say. Look, Well, at- well I bring that up uh, also, and let's talk about it. Brian Bremberg's in studio because one of the hot rumors, which I think is beyond rumors. Okay, Biden said yesterday he's, he's, he wants to run again, but he's not going to announce it yet, which he just announced it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, I'm taking it to Disney World, but I'm not ready to no. announce it yet. <laughs> Kids like, wait, what? What's, losing their minds. Oh, yeah, Disney World. But in this instance, it's not quite a trip to Disney no, no, World. No. It's, uh, Nobody's losing it's their actually, minds for that reason. It's actually the opposite. Right. Okay. But uh, what's really funny is there's this shadow campaign being run by Gavin Newsom. Right. Who is – he is campaigning. Like, he's running right now. Oh. He's got a super PAC. He's doing commercials. He's touring red states. He's like, I'm just doing this in support of Joe Biden. Right, yeah. You know the definition of a con man, like he could steal your eyes and tell you he's doing you a favor, <laughs> which is very much what Newsom's doing. But it's funny because if it's Newsom, if it's Biden, if it's whoever – uh, the one state they didn't need, obviously, is they'd never have a convention in California because it's overwhelmingly right, liberal. Right. But then so is Chicago. I, I, that's, that's, why would you go to Illinois? Don't you go someplace you need? You got Illinois. Illinois was in terrible shape, and then they picked the worst mayoral candidate to follow. <laughs> they just the took other worst one. More progressive than Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> I, 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 this, I don't know. The brand manager from Bud Light must have come up with this idea or something. You know, like that's who – it's crazy. By the way, Gavin Newsom, I love – I don't know who did this interview, but he was talking to, to Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He was like, I, I think you want to sit this one out, Ron. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're, okay. just, you're not quite ready for this. I mean, it was like out of a bad movie. If you wrote a terrible script you don't want this. for like the villain elite politician, well, that's what it would sound like. Doesn't he look like, though, he could be an 80s villain? Like, he could ski yes. the K-12 and better off dead or no, be like a guy in... A diehard. He's yeah. like, he fits right into the diehard <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Uh, and I gotta be honest, man, if Biden doesn't run, I actually think he's the guy. I think he's the guy. It Who would else? be interesting, because this is what I come back to a lot. Okay, if we wound up with a campaign that ends with two young governors running from either side of the country, I think that's the kind of policy referendum we need. Mm. I think what we're up against if we get a Trump-Biden is the epic boxing promotion um, when Jerry Cooney fought Larry Holmes 
and they fought in Atlantic City. It was famously called Two Geezers at Caesars because they were both in like their mid 40s, which was considered old for a boxer nice. at the time. Nice. So we either going to have like a Tyson Spinks, which would be Newsom against DeSantis, right. or we're getting Holmes Cooney. We're and, getting. And yeah. it totally is because like even this week, this is fascinating to me. So, you know, California did this thing where they said you can't buy any gas power card after, yeah. after 2035. Well, the Biden administration is going to roll out tomorrow emission standards, which are basically going to nationalize that policy. Wow. So, so, yeah, it's going to basically require car companies to have two-thirds of their fleet be completely EV. So, in a sense, you're going to get it either way, but I'd rather just have Newsom, the guy who's pushing all of this. Yeah, own it. Put him on there and say, do you, do you want that? Do you mm-hmm. want that kind of government control? Yes or no? Because he'll deliver it. Yeah. Like he's already delivering it to the country. He's not even president yet. Yeah. So do you want to go full throttle or do you want to roll back? You want to own it. No, it'd be interesting. And I'd love to see that debate because everybody in California is moving to Florida. Yeah. You know, so DeSantis has a couple of legs to stand on there. Um, so I think it'd be I actually think it's what the country needs. I, I think we need like a less sensationalized election. But I don't know if we're going to get one no matter who w- runs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't. I think we might be past that now. Well, it's interesting because DeSantis, too, you know, probably his his best calling card is the state I run. Yeah. But but he's gotten so pulled into the Disney stuff. And I'm yeah. not saying I have sympathy for Disney here. Yeah. But that's really it's defining. It's him. threatening to kind of take over. Yeah, his the culture, brand the culture war bit. stuff is almost overshadowed. And if you really want a good matchup, you want state versus state. Like, yeah. you want the real federalism experiment. You got California's approach and you got Florida's approach, and let's vote on it. How about that? Could you imagine that, America? Substance? No, I'd, I'd sign up for that yeah. in a second. Instead, we're going to get Yo Mama. <laughs> like the presidency is coming down. We're like four years away from it just being like an America's Got Talent. Right. Like one guy's going to sing, the other guy's going to dance. Like I'm with the dancing guy. I didn't like the singing so much and we're just simon cowling presidents now they're gonna be on the masked singer like it's not i don't think it's good for the country i don't <laughs> I think it's good ma- what's the one where they turn around in their chairs you can't even see them yeah, until yeah, they yeah, end, yeah. Right? That's oh the voice gonna, or whatever be in the basement you can't even talk yeah about. we already had one of those right. the voice we had the pandemic that was the thing and right, biden exactly. biden was coached by blake shelton i believe <laughs> christina aguilera <laughs> and he wound up winning when he came out of the house Jeez. um everybody watched the big money show if you missed the town hall clips are all over the internet charles Payne is there as well Looking dapper as always. Now, I don't know this, but did Payne have any of his uh, fancy sneakers on? He had his fancy sneakers on, and I don't know if I can. you got to have him on here and ask him about his cars. Oh, I don't know about his cars. I, I don't want to say this, okay. but you got to ask him how his, what his garage is looking like these days because he just made. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So he made a move. He made, he made a move. See, whenever I talk to Payne, it's always because he's posted a pictures of like a family get-together. Yeah. But his family get-togethers, it's like Woodstock. Yeah. It's like 7,000 people <laughs> right. in his yard. I'm like, what time does Hendrix go on, Payne? This is amazing. Guys, these guys are some party. Don't put it past him. He'd probably, you know, he'd get a Hendrix caliber, you know, he probably would. He, he probably owns a couple. You got to ask him about his garage. All right. Well, once I get him to stop setting it's his guitar, pure Charles Payne. Well, once he stops setting his guitar on fire in the break room, <laughs> I'll try to get a word in. Uh, the great Brian Bremberg. Watch the Big Money Show every damn day if you know what's good for you. We're back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Wow. Just moments after Jim Jordan got off our show, New York Times reporting that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, is suing Jim Jordan in a step meant to keep GOP lawmakers from interfering in the Trump case. So Bragg 
trying to stop Jordan from holding his own field hearings next week and getting to the bottom of how the Manhattan DA is trying to resuscitate a case that was considered dead, a case that the feds passed on, a case that the previous district attorney passed on, a case that Alvin Bragg, after initially signaling that he wouldn't prosecute, has now gone ahead and attempted to elevate a misdemeanor to a felony by attaching it to a federal crime. Okay, this despite the fact that there isn't any new evidence. We were told, well, you know, this is, you got to understand, this indictment's going to come down. You're going to see some stuff in there that's just going to blow your mind. Wrong. No, all you're really seeing is a rehashing of what everyone knew seven years ago. So we're still past the statute of limitations, but they're still very much trying to keep this political persecution alive. So now we've got a district attorney suing the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But as far as what the world thinks of us right now... We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. One of the reasons I spent as much time covering Bud Light today, which again, okay, beer and all of the other things that allow us to take the edge off as a country, to put our differences aside as a country. It's so essential in this moment where not only is everything politicized, but it's so hyper-partisan and vicious towards the other side that it's really driven our society to this place of, you know, when the kids are on the playground too long, they've been out in the sun too long, and they go from playing all day to tattling on each other and complaining and mom and nitpicking. You thought I was it, but I wasn't it. You know, and the whole point is at some point, if you're a parent, you go, oh, you know what? We need to get these kids off the playground. Let's go get ice cream. Well, unfortunately, in this day and age, now you go to get the ice cream and Ben and Jerry's yells at you about your white privilege. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.